morning, everybody. Y'all awake? Y'all are good. Some people are awake. We're so excited to worship with y'all this morning. Let's open our minds and our hearts to the lyrics in, the, in these songs, Lord. Let's make this song a prayer. Here is where I laid down every burden of the crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I laid down every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender.
joy is in you, Lord. Oh, my rest is in you, Lord. Oh, my pain is in you, Lord. Oh, my soul, my spirit, my mind, my heart. I'll make, I'll make, I'll make, I'll make room for you. I do it.
powerful thing that you can do as a believer is get on your knees and pray a humble prayer. You are here, you're moving in on 
much of you You are here You're working in this place I worship you I worship you
things to share with you before the message this morning. Uh, first of all, I want to share a passage with you from 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. One of our core values at NCC is the word of God. And the word of God, we believe, is God-breathed, and it's useful for every purpose. Uh, John uh, starts out that says that Jesus Christ was the living word of God. Uh, and, and I just encourage, uh, every year, for many years now, I've encouraged you uh, to read the word of God. And as we're starting a new year tomorrow, uh, I just want you to think about, pray about, if you do not already have a habit of being in the word of God. I would just ask that you uh, take time today to pray about that, consider that. Uh, I've used a tool called the Daily Audio Bible for many years now. Uh, it's a, there's an iPhone app, there's a, a smartphone app uh, called Daily Audio Bible that you can download. It will take you through the Bible in a whole year. Uh, you can, you read part of the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. And this morning I finished uh, the Bible again uh, for, I've lost count how many times uh, I've gone through that, but whether you use that tool, uh, another tool, uh, and, and you don't have to go through the Bible in a whole year. You can just uh, get into the Word of God. Uh, but I just, again, want to encourage you to do that if you're not already doing that. Uh, that 
the Holy Spirit brings it alive. Uh, he transforms you as you seek him and his word. And I just would encourage you to do that. Um, and if you have any questions about that, you can uh, ask me and I can, I can help you if you want to use that other tool. Also have an announcement that we want to make. Uh, we try to keep you informed of any major things going on in the church. And uh, in October, we had a transition start. Uh, an opportunity came available for Pastor Lance to take a different full-time job. And uh, he's continued in a part-time capacity while we've searched for a replacement. Uh, Lance and Megan and their boys plan on continuing to be members of NCC. And, and Megan will continue as our NCC Kids Director. Uh, Lena White, uh, who many of you know, I believe sitting on the back row now. Um, she has been part of our uh, youth ministry and children's ministry as a volunteer capacity for over seven years. And she felt the Lord was leading and calling her to uh, this role of a part-time youth pastor. And we're excited to have her join us in that capacity and in that area of ministry. And we're looking forward to what God has planned for us. It is still our vision and plan to have a full-time person in the generation's pastor role. And as we begin Walking through that transition, I felt that the Lord uh, was leading me to step into that for a period of time, and I spoke with the elders about that. Uh, I've always had a heart for reaching our youth and children, um, but in the past maybe four to six months, the Lord has just really been raising that burden for youth and children on my heart, um, and until we make a transition to a new full-time generations pastor, I'll be uh, taking on that lead oversight of our generations ministries. I just want you to know that our heart is to reach the children and youth of our communities uh, for the Lord so that they might personally know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. And uh, the last two weeks, as y'all know, we've had all of the youth and kids joining us. Uh, normally we do that just on the fifth Sunday, but with uh, Christmas and New Year's, we just felt like this was a good time for all of us to worship together. Uh, next uh, week and this coming week, NCC Kids is going to be back on, early childhood back on for Wednesday nights. Uh, next Sunday morning, all the children's ministries will be available. Next Sunday evening, all our youth ministries will be back. Our life groups are all coming back um, this week. So we're really excited about that and hope you all connect. But with all of our youth and kids in the service this morning, I just want to take a moment and talk directly to you. Uh, we care about you. We love you very deeply. And uh, your parents love you. But our love doesn't come close to the love that God has for you. And what I prayed a moment ago about Moses and God's presence is something that God has just been putting on my heart for a long time now. And I believe his presence is going to be coming in a new and powerful way. And that he wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be with you every moment of every day. Uh, he wants to reach your friends. He wants to reach those around you. And he's going to do that through many of you. And I believe we're going to see those lives transformed. And I just want to tell you that our heart, and to you and speak to your parents as well, our heart at NCC is for you and for the loss that's out there. Uh, and we're going to do all that we can to demonstrate what it's like to walk with God, to know him, to hear him, and to respond to him. And our prayer is that you will do that too. And we're going to see through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the light of Jesus Christ in us, he will transform this city and this world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We'll take a look at this. Good morning, church. If this is your first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome. We're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today. 
At New Covenant Church, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC, become part of our church family, or join our volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or attending one of the upcoming in-person classes. If you would like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasses.com. If you have any questions about what's going on at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we are so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Ready or not, here it is. Wow. Uh, let me share something again for you. I, uh, I've got a, re- a word for Pastor Lance at the, at the first service, and I want to just kind of, if I can remember it, I'm going to reiterate it. But Pastor Lance, we believe that God, this that God has moved Lance into right now is very strategic. I believe there's a broad thing that God is about to do with Lance in, in divine connections divine connections that's literally going to be not only all over this state but it's going to be over the world and so you pray for Lance and Megan as they they step in there they're still going to be a part of NCC so you pray for them but I really ask you to pray that God would make those connections that he wants to make for them that uh, his kingdom would come his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven amen Amen. Uh, there'll be no throne room this Saturday night. There will be no throne room on uh, this week. So if you'll remember that. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John 3.16, we'll get there in a moment. <clears throat> 2023 is gone. You've just got a few more hours. Whatever you were going to do, do it now. Get her done. Uh, have you noticed that years seem to be passing faster? Uh, it, it may be just that I'm getting older, but as I was uh, thinking about that this week, I kept hearing, you're one year closer now. You're one year closer now. And you're looking at me like, same, closer to what? Well, 24 for sure. But does it seem like we're kind of living in biblical days? You're seeing all the things that's going on, wars and rumors of wars and all those things going. And so one of my questions was, Lord, is Jesus coming? And we hope so. It's promised so. And as I began to look at it, I thought, you know, it looks more like it every day. And that's part of the promise of God that we're talking about. But, you know, that's been proclaimed in every generation since Jesus ascended to be back at the throne. So we're not the new generation. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I do know what God desires, what God wants, because he wrote it down for us. Peter did, for 2 Peter 3.9 says this, in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, meaning the coming of the Lord, as some men think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent or come to repentance. Some versions say to not perish. God's waiting that none should perish. That's because of another promise. 
Perhaps the greatest promise found in Scripture. In John chapter 3, verse 16, in the King James is where I memorized it. How about us, let's say it again together, if you would join me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The reason Jesus hasn't come back is because God desires with all of his heart that none should perish, be destroyed, be ruined forever, be separated from him forever. The reason God is long-suffering, the reason he's putting up with mankind's rebellion and rejection and willful waywardness is because he really does love us. So much so that he sent his one-of-a-kind son, birthed in the flesh, Emmanuel, God come to be with us, altogether human like us in every way but the sin. Then on the cross, Jesus, who himself knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made right in every way, with God. That's why God is so patient, so long suffering, that we might come to understand this, that we might repent. The word means to change the way we think in order to change the way we live. So this morning, I want to talk to you as we look at the closing of one year and the future before us God's way to live. John 3.16 is a promise. Within that promise is a way to really live. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, present tense, whosoever continues to believe. He believed yesterday, he's going to believe today, and he's going to believe tomorrow in Jesus. That they should not perish but live. Who believes today? Who believes? Believing is not just a mental assent to the historical story or the facts of history. Believing is having a confidence and assurance to be convinced that so much so that you trust that what you've heard about God's love, about Jesus' life, his death on the cross, his resurrection and his ascension are not only true, but they're true for you. You trust him. You trust him that he lived, died, rose again, and ascended to the right hand of the Father and right now stands alive before the Father as a man before God. You're trusting that his death on the cross not only covered sin, but covers your sin. Not only cleansed all sin, but cleansed your sin. And that he is right now your representative As a man before God, he's your only help and he's your only hope before God. When you believe, and because you believe and are believing, when you're trusting in Jesus, God receives you in him and he pours his spirit, his Holy Spirit, into you. Now you may not know how to explain all this or even what all it means. But here's the point I want you to make. But you're trusting him. You're not just trusting what the story is. You're trusting him. Whosoever believes in him 
You're trusting him. Not that you did trust him. You are right now in this present tense moment trusting the living Lord Jesus for who he is, for what he's done, and for what he's promised. You're trusting that his death and cross is sufficient. You're trusting that he's your representative. You're trusting that what he's promised, he'll perform. You trust him and give over to him your life, both your weaknesses and your strengths, your ways and your walk, that you literally trust him and you give everything. The Bible word for that is you surrender to him, trusting him. It's this believing, not having believed, but this current tense, present tense believing that links you to the rescuing love of God. And I'm here to tell you, there's no rescue from it. You say, rescue? What do you mean rescue? Well, see, there's two sides to this promise in John 3.16. The side that we usually don't talk about is there too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, here's the two sides, should not perish but have eternal life. Should not perish is just as much a promise apart from Christ as eternal life is with Christ. We don't talk about the perishing part, do we? We don't like to think about the perishing part. Pastor Chris, as he prayed for the 8 billion people in the earth today, breathing the breath that's a gift of God. Do you realize that 8 billion apart from Jesus Christ are perishing? You say, well, preacher, you, you surely don't mean. No, you, you've got to understand what the scripture's teaching. God loved the world, the world that was perishing. You see, to perish doesn't mean to cease to exist. It means to be eternally destroyed, removed, ruined, useless, separated forever from the life of God. I want to ask you, just ask yourself a question. How many people do you know that believe that every single person will perish unless they come to Jesus? How many people do we really know? You see, most of the world doesn't believe that. Most of us, if we're not careful, don't believe that. You see, when we read God so loved the world, we read it this way. God so loved the world and his love is so great that God would not send anyone apart from him to, to hell, to, create, to, to his creation to hell. He wouldn't do it. God wouldn't do it. God is too good, too loving to do that. Well, there's a promise here that the reason God sent Jesus is so that we wouldn't perish. So there's a promise here that apart from Jesus, everything is perishing. Let me just tell you, everything is perishing. The whole earth is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed because the whole earth knows it's perishing. If you've ever had a garden, we don't use gardens much anymore. We go to the grocery store. We go to the grocery store. You can go to the grocery store and you can find the prettiest, the most pristine tomato that you could find. You could, it is beautiful. It is good. It is all of that. But let me tell you, that tomato, no matter how pristine, no matter how good, is perishing. 
The moment it was picked and removed from the life of the vine, it begins to perish. And now, you can, you can say it's the best, it's, and that's what most of us do. Well, you know, God loves us, and here's the way we think. God loves us so much... We put our own definition on those words. God loves everyone and a loving God wouldn't, wouldn't let them perish. God loves me because even though I have my faults, he knows that deep down I'm a good person. Do you know the scripture doesn't say God so loved the good people that they'll not perish? God so loved the world that's perishing. Do you know everything is passing away? Everything. Everything. How much has already passed away in your life? Everything. It's not that bad people are perishing. Everyone is perishing. Good people are perishing just like everyone else. Man's hope is that God has done something about it in his one-of-a-kind son that whoever believes in him will not perish. In other words, here's what God is saying. It's perish or live. You say, well, you may live a long time. But one of these days, that body's going to lay down. And even, now listen to me, even if Jesus comes today, that body's got to change because it's perishing. Even God's not going to take that perishing thing to heaven. And if we don't be careful, if we're not careful, we will tend to believe that everybody's okay and we just hope they'll come to Jesus. Listen to me. Everybody's not okay. Preacher, that's hard. No, that's true. And the faster we know that, the faster maybe we will come to believe. Man's hope. It's this continual believing in Him that makes the difference. The whole world is divided between those who believe and those who do not believe. John 3.18, just a couple of verses down in the message says this, Anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted, forgiven, not condemned. Anyone who refuses to trust Him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Why? Because of that person's failure to believe in that one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to Him. 2,000 years ago, God took care of the curse. He took care. He rescued us from sin. He rescued everybody. That death of Jesus is absolutely sufficient for everyone to be saved. But it's only efficient for those who believe. It's only effective Even though Jesus paid it all for all sin, for all kind, for all kinds. It's only effective to those who are believing. Not have believed, are believing. And those who are believing, those who are continuing to believe, have eternal life. I want to talk to you more about eternal life than perishing, but if you don't get that you're perishing, eternal life will mean nothing to you. Two words in the Greek, aonios and zoe. 
Aonis means perpetual, abiding. That, that, that it's not affected by time. Zoe is a quality of life. Zoe is absolute life. It literally means to live. You could almost say that when God said, I am, He was saying, I live. That Zoe is the same quality of life that God Himself has. It's a supernatural life. It is not a life that is... That it, this eternal life is not a life that is affected by time or consequences. It's affected only by the one who possesses it, by the God who gives it. it the whole point I'm trying to say here is eternal life is first and foremost the very life of the one-of-a-kind Son of God. It's God's life. You are made alive, Ephesians chapter 2 says, you're made alive from the dead, rescued from perishing. John 5, 24 in the New Living says this, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have, circle that, mark that, highlight that, have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. He that is believing in Jesus, Jesus said, he that believes in me has already passed from death to life, have already passed. Means that because you believe, because you're trusting Jesus, you have that supernatural life now. You don't have to wait for death or for eternal life to happen or to start. You just have to be trusting Jesus. Jesus defined this eternal life in John 17, 3. As he was praying, he said, And this is eternal life, that you may know that they may know you and only the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. Now that word know is not knowledge. That word know there is intimate relationship. It's the same word that Adam knew Eve. It's the same word that says Matthew didn't know Mary until after Jesus was born. It's a knowing, it's an intimate relationship. And what Jesus is saying, when you are made alive, when you are trusting Jesus, God does a, a transformational work in your life and you are made alive, you don't have to understand it. I, I can't explain it. The thing is that that's what God says. And Jesus said, you already have this life and this life frees you not only from sin but from condemnation and you will never die. You've passed from death to life. You have it now. You're not waiting for someday. It's already happened. And you have a personal relationship. You come alive in a personal, intimate relationship with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. You're alive to Him. He's alive to you. You can talk with Him. You can walk with Him. You can, he literally becomes your life. You become alive in Him. And you live in this world by the life of another. It gets better. John 10, 10, I love the last part of that where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I'm come. Look at it in the message. It says, I'm, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Folks, listen, you, don't, you don't have a glimpse. You haven't had a glimpse of the life that God has prepared for you. The living that he has for you. You know, living the Christian life has divine advantages. No, never, never, never alone. 
I'm never alone. I never have to fear. What can, it, what can the world do to me? Well, they could kill you. Well, that would just be, I'll be there. This week, Connie and I were watching the Apostle Paul on, on YouTube. The Apostle Paul, the video, the movie of the Apostle Paul. And in it, Luke is talking to this group of people that are in the dungeon or the prison. And they're fixing to be led out into Nero's circus to be eaten alive by the lions. And I love this word, and I've never thought about it. Luke is talking to them, fixing to pray for them. They're fixing to walk out into the arena and be eaten alive just because they're Christians. And Luke says something I'll, I'll always remember. Luke said to him, it'll just hurt for a minute, and then you'll be fully alive. We're so connected to this world and we don't understand the life that God's given us is way beyond this world. John 6.40 says this, For it is my Father's will. It's my Father's will. This is what the Lord is going to do. This is what He wants. That all who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. This life is resurrection life. The life you have right now is resurrection life. Resurrection life. It's the life that Jesus has right now. Resurrection life. John 11, 25 through 26 in the message says it. You don't have to wait to the end. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Eternal life will not be interrupted by physical death. When I pass from this world, I'm going to close my eyes here and open my eyes there. That's life. I'm not going to wait till I get to that to close my eyes to experience that life. I have it now. Why? Because I'm believing, I'm trusting in right now that Jesus Christ is my life. And the way that I'm to live, I'm to live and move and have my being in Him. And so 2024 is a world and a year of promise to me. Alive in Christ. And that life or living will be perpetual without end, eternal with God. Revelations 21, verses 1 through 4. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to take your time. But here's the point. He tells us of a new heaven and a new earth. This earth is, this earth is perishing. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And God's going to be right there. He's going to be with men. And they shall dwell with Him and, as His people. And he's going to wipe away every tear and there'll be no more death and there'll be no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. The former things have passed away. Now listen to me. Don't get your, don't get your idea of heaven from old paintings or cartoons or bad movies or bad sermons. This eternal life, this heaven, this new earth... 
This thing that God is going to be birth, literally joining us in is going to be life without limits. Love in all of its fullness and joy and peace and God's presence forever and ever and ever and evermore. I believe that you're going to step into what you would always created to be. And literally, the, the universe is going to be your canopy to be creative in. I believe that you're going to be more than you've ever dreamed you could possibly be. Why? Because you are now alive in Him. And He's alive in you. And you are with Him. And He is with you. And there is no limit to this life. It's God's way to live. So here's the gospel. Here's the good news. 2024. God loves the perishing. God loves the perishing. And God gave the rescue in his one-of-a-kind son, Jesus Christ. All sin, everything, everything that you are so ashamed of has been covered by the blood of Jesus When and as we believe Him, we live. That's all there is to it. God so loved the perishing, He gave His one of a kind Son to pay the price to rescue us from perishing. And when we believe that trust, I don't mean just believe the facts of it. When we enter into trusting that as being sufficient for us, we live. John 3.16 is in the context of a conversation. That a Pharisee named Nicodemus was having with Jesus. The promise is in the context of a conversation. And this Pharisee by name Nicodemus, a ruler of the, of the Jews, came to Jesus by night because, you know, he is religious. He came secretly to Jesus for clarity. He really did. I believe he was a seeker. I believe that Nicodemus was a seeker. If you've seen the chosen, it's pretty good. I believe it's a pretty good thing about Nicodemus. Here's what the Nicodemus he couldn't figure it out. He knew there was something different about Jesus, but he couldn't figure it out. And so he says, Hey, uh, teacher, we know, good teacher, we know that that you you had to come from God or God is with you, or you couldn't be doing these things. Now, his coming to Jesus is in the context, and here's why I want to say this, of chapter 2, John chapter 2. It's going to be on the screen. John chapter 2, verses 23 through 26. In the New Living Translation, it says, Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him. Preacher, is that what you're talking about? Many began to trust him. But look at the next verse. But Jesus didn't trust them. Because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature. For he knew what it was in each person's heart. Nicodemus believed enough to approach Jesus by secret. But Nicodemus didn't commit himself to Jesus at that time. 
So let me say it another way. He believed, but he wasn't saved. He believed, but he wasn't trusting. Now, he was going to. He was going to come back. Nicodemus just keeps showing up. Three times he shows up. And each time, he's gotten closer. Until finally, he's sold out. He even goes for the crucified Lord's body and a tomb. Nicodemus is a believer now. He's a truster. He's trusting. But at this point, he wasn't. Why are you saying that, preacher? Here's my question. Are you? You see, we can be a believer in all the historical facts about Jesus. We can believe, he, yeah, he died, he rose, and boy, it's so good, and at Christmas time, and at, at Easter, and those times, and it's just so great to have Jesus. I know that if I died tonight, that I'd go to heaven because I have Jesus, because I believed on him when, he was, when I was seven years old. Let me ask you a question. Are you trusting him now? Are you trusting him to be your life? Are you trusting him with your strengths as well as your weaknesses? Let me tell you something. Your strengths will will deceive you quicker than your weaknesses. Because the deception of a strength is you can do it without him. The truth of a weakness is I can't do anything without him. The way to live is trusting him not only with my weaknesses, but trusting him with my strengths. Trusting Him with my knowledge. Trusting Him with my skills. Because apart from Him, we can do nothing. Are you believing? I'm going to invite the altar team to come. Would you stand with me? Have you come to trust Jesus? To really trust Him for this year? Is Jesus your very life and living or just a story that's supposed to get you to heaven when you die? I'm telling you, you can trust Him today. You can surrender to Him today and live. Be more alive than you've ever been before. It won't matter what happened yesterday because your whole future is ahead of you. Alive in Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be rescued, saved, delivered, made whole, made complete, healed. Because we trust Him. So Lord, we come to You trusting You today. I pray, Lord, even if there's many that are like Nicodemus, they've believed. It's kind of like that father, help me my unbelief. Lord, I don't want to just believe yesterday. I want to believe today. I want to believe You're all that You promised to be. I want to believe You are in me. I want to believe that You're all. If you know Jesus this morning, I'm going to invite you to refresh the realization of the life you have in Christ. If you're not sure you know Jesus this morning, that you're really trusting Him with your strength as well as your weaknesses, with your sins as well as your sainthood, your goodness... I'm going to invite you just to ask Jesus, Lord, do I know you in intimate relationship? Am I walking with you? Are you the most important thing in my life because without you I can do nothing? 
And whatever the Holy Spirit leads to you right now, I'm just going to ask you to let him deal. And here's the thing. All you have to do is say, I come to you. I believe you. I, yes, to Jesus. I receive you as my life. If you make that decision, I'm going to invite you to go to one of the altar teams and just invite and let them pray with you just to seal this. But more than anything else right now, here's what I want you to walk out. I want you to walk out saying, I'm going to live in 2024 by the life of Jesus Christ. He is my life. I've got a promise. It's for a sure future. In Jesus' name, as Evan sings, we invite you to respond. Bring you more than a song. Bring you more than a song. And I'll bring you more than a song. More than a song. When the music fades. And all is stripped away And I simply go Longing just to bring Something that's a word That will bless your world I'll bring you more than a song Hope a song in itself is not what you will desire. You search much deeper within, and through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. I'm coming back, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. Bring you more than a song. Bring you more than a song. Pat, would you turn the lights up? I've got a 2024 is fixing to be, I don't care what it's been, 2024 is about to be your best year. I don't base that, I don't base that on, on physical things. I base that on the Lord is inviting you into a life that this year will be totally transformative if you'll trust Him. He'll change everything. Most of all, he'll change you. Trust him. 
Get into the Word. Turn on the Bible app. Just listen to it. It'll get into you. And then, trust Him. You say, well, everything's going wrong. Trust Him. Just trust Him. God's got charge of things that you don't even have a clue about. If you'll trust Him, He's going to maneuver you through 2024 that you will look back and say, best year of my life. Because He's living in me. Father, make it so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.